One of the last of the county seat wars was that of Cimarron versus Ingalls. The stories of the different county seat wars that marked the history of the development of western Kansas differed each from the other, but there was one point of resemblance common to them all. All of them were distinguished by a disregard of honor and a willingness on the part of both parties to the contest to violate about every civil and moral law in order to win. The county seat war in Gray County did not differ in that respect from the others, but it had wider ramifications and elements of almost romance that distinguished it from all the rest. The central figure in the drama, mostly tragic but which contained certain elements of comedy, was A.T. Sewell of Rochester, New York, reputed to be worth $10 million, accumulated from the sale of hop bitters to a credulous public. Why Sewell came to Kansas is somewhat hard to understand. He had, if reports were true, more money that he could spend in the purchase of mere creature comforts. He did not need the dangers and vestitudes of life on the windswept plains of western Kansas. It may be that there was the lure of adventure drawing him on, or it may be that he thought he saw in the far-flung prairie landscape, where the sun rose and set without a tree to cast a shadow either in the morning or at eve, the setting for an empire of which he would be the builder. He built a great irrigating ditch in western Kansas, which did not irrigate, although he did succeed in floating many hundreds of thousands of dollars of bonds, which gilded promises to pay may yet no doubt be found in the vaults of disappointed eastern purchasers. His plan to locate the county seat and build a great town on the banks of the Arkansas River finally came to naught. The town he organized still lingers, and the county seat has long since gone to its rival. The first county seat election was called for October 31st. Something of the story of the contest may be gathered from the records of the Supreme Court, before which body came the representatives of the two towns, one side asking for the removal of the county seat records from Cimarron to Ingalls, and the other side trying to prevent it, on the ground that the latter town had won only by the most glaring frauds and shameless bribery. The story told in the Supreme Court report is a decided instance of the pot calling the kettle black. The charges made by each contestant against the other were not seriously disputed, and they are worth reading, if for no other purpose, to show that, so far as Kansas at least is concerned, the people are not getting worse, even if they are not making great moral strides forward. Prior to the election, there existed in one of the voting precincts, known as Ford Precinct, a secret organization called the Equalization Society, composed of 72 members whose sole object, as shown by their constitution and bylaws, was to sell their vote solidly to the town which would pay the highest price. The money derived from the sale to be divided equally among the members, who were bound by oath to vote solidly for the town to which the sale was made. For violation of this oath, the penalty was death. Just prior to the election, the record goes on to say one T.H. Reeves, a leading Cimarron manager, made a bargain with this organization by the terms of which the Equalization Society was to receive $10,000, and in return cast the solid vote of the membership for Cimarron. To bind the bargain on the part of Cimarron, a bond signed by 15 of the most prominent citizens of Cimarron was given, binding them to the payment of the $10,000. The 72 votes were duly cast by the members of the society, but when a committee went to Cimarron to get the 10,000, their votes and bond was a forgery anyhow, 
which outcome brings to mind old Chester Thomas's definition of an honest man, who, he said, was one who would stay bought. The majority of the Supreme Court, holding no doubt that one side was as badly tinctured with fraud as the other, and as Ingalls seemed to have succeeded in getting more votes in the ballot box than Cimarron, gave that town the decision. However, Judge Albert Horton, then Chief Justice, rendered a dissenting opinion in which he removed the hide of the hot bitters vendor in the following thorough and altogether workmanlike manner. A.T. Sewell, a man worth from $8 million to $10 million and living in New York, became interested in Ingalls, whether for his mere pleasure or his pecuniary profit, it is difficult to say. He attempted to make Ingalls, a new and very small place, the county seat. He supposed that with his immense wealth he could locate the county seat wherever he willed. The principal contesting towns for the county seat, up to within a few weeks before the election, were Ingalls, Cimarron, and Montezuma. During the campaign prior to the election, Sewell and his agents were prodigal with their corrupt funds, with which to bribe votes for Ingalls. His checks for that purpose, for 100, 500, and other sums, were disbursed throughout the county. He said, If any man will tell me how to buy the county seat, I will freely pay it. He proposed to build a railroad to Montezuma, and got that town to withdraw as a contestant for the county seat. He and his agents imported to the county, before and on election day, a crowd of toughs and killers. Finally, urged the Chief Justice, if the petition of the Ingalls crowd was granted, it would encourage Sewell and other conscienceless scoundrels to engage in other and like schemes of lawlessness and corruption. In most of the county seat wars, the fighting, that is, the real killing, commenced before, at, or immediately after the alleged election. But in the case of Gray County, the bloody finale was postponed for more than a year. There was a growing disposition to depend more on courts to settle the controversies, and rather less on guns in the hands of hired killers. So the tragedy was delayed while motions for re-hearings were filed and argued. In this case, Cimarron had the advantage of possession. The docket of the Supreme Court was crowded with more business than the three judges could dispose of promptly, and Cimarron was taking advantage of this delay. Meantime, the Ingalls crowd had captured most of the county offices, among them the coveted office of the sheriff, and the bolder spirits decided that it was time to quit fooling with their rival and take the law into their own hands. This is the story of an attempt to remove the remaining records from the Cimarron County Clerk's Office on the morning of January 12, 1889.